right, we're we are live, man. It's always Exciting. it's always yeah, it's always that like, oh my god, it's live. We're live, right? So oh Adam, I appreciate you coming on, man. So um normally it takes a couple seconds. We just you know wait for people to start showing up and give them a minute or, two, or a second or two, and then we'll just start rolling. So ah uh, yeah, happy Friday, everybody. It's uh it's another great day. Uh just in the world, right? So we're doing we're doing the REI Courage podcast. I uh, I started the podcast. Oh man, this is our fifth episode, I believe. Yeah, and so I have the amazing Adam Cruz on the podcast today. The man, you know, in St. Louis is a a broker. He's an investor. He's got fifty doors. His brokerage did over five hundred uh, transactions last year. He's got dozens of agents. Like he's been doing this. I don't even know how old he is. Dude looks, you know, really great for his age. I'm sure he's like 73 probably by how much stuff he's accomplished. Just messing. But um, what we're going to do, we're going to get into it. Adam's going to give his story. I'm going to pepper him with some questions. The guy's got one of the greatest personalities out there, which is why he does a ton of business. And like people love him, as you saw from the interactions before the post or before we started, like people were already saying he's the greatest of all time. So Ah, without without further ado, man. By the way, Adam, I'm I'm gonna hype everybody up just like you. So let's uh let's roll into it, Adam. Um, give give some of your background. Just uh, go into your story, man, from the start. Like when you decided to get into real estate. If you've done anything before real estate, even get into that, and then we'll just start jiving. And um, if anybody has any questions, throw the questions up. We'll go through those. Um, any comments, likes. Looks like we already got likes, people. So yeah, man. Let's uh let's get hammering and uh, get into your story. So take it away, Adam. <laughs> cool, and it's exciting that we are doing this live because uh, you know if I hope people will ask some questions or whatever, you know that'd be exciting to 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 answer some live questions or whatever. There you uh, go. I never know where to start, Josh. So I'll just start talking, and you can interrupt me or whatever anytime you want to. You know, uh, sounds good. I, yeah. Well, you're the host, so you do whatever you want, but. Uh, my story started a long time ago, I guess maybe like 2004. I was in college at Mizzou. I was getting a master's in accounting. Um, and I was doing an internship for as an auditor. I was like auditing businesses and banks and hospitals and stuff like that. And I had a friend, he was my best friend. He lived in Florida. And this happened, This I had this experience that happened to me multiple times where I'd be like, in Pena, Illinois, on a Saturday, counting light bulbs for an inventory audit. And my friend, his name was Mark, he would call me and he'd be like, I just sold the house. We're going to the bar. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, okay. And there's that, like, then I'm, you know, somewhere in uh, Maryland Heights, like in a tight little cubicle, like going through bank, canceled bank checks or whatever. And he'd call me, I just sold the house. We're going to the bar. <laughs> and so, this kind of happened and happened and happened to me. And so ultimately I decided I, I didn't decide to be a realtor. Then I decided to be a real estate investor. I wanted to invest in properties on the side. And so I started looking into that and my family was saying, you know, no one in my family before that was like real estate people, real estate investors, anything like that. And they were like, you need to take a class, take a class. And so the only class I could find was the class that you would take to get your real estate license. So I was taking like accounting classes by day and I got my real estate license uh, at night. And even as I was sitting in that class, I didn't intend to become a realtor. Uh, but then they started talking about commission and I'm like, oh, 
So if I get my realtor's license, then I can like get a commission or a little discount basically on the property. So I think I'll do that. Um, and then as my friend would call me more and more, I, I ultimately, um, you know, I did decide to kind of get my real estate license. And so I was an auditor by day, realtor by night. I actually had some of my first clients came from my, uh, the company I was auditing or working at as an auditor. And uh, I like to share this part of the story because there's probably people out there that are in their day job still trying to figure out how to, how to quit or whatever. And so what I did is I made a spreadsheet of my monthly expenses and I, you know, multiply that times six. And then as soon as I had that much, which is six months of expenses in the bank, my plan was to quit my job at that time and just become a full-time real estate guy. Nice. And so, you know, as time went on and, I, and one, I just remember one time I was in El Paso, Texas, auditing a hospital and I'm like, I got to get out of this, you know? And so I'd log on and I would change my, like, Oh, my food budget is this. I'm like ramen noodles, you know? And so I was just lowering my budget and, and ultimately it made it. So I was, um, I was able to quit my, ultimately I was able to quit my job and became a realtor full time. And Awesome, man. Yeah. So you're, what you're talking about with that spreadsheet, I don't know if you've ever played the game um, from Kiyosaki, the cash, uh, cash flow where yeah. you're, uh, you're looking at it and you're like, man, is eating that is eating that great dinner like twice a week worth going and doing this hospital uh, audit in El Paso, Texas? No, we're gonna hit ramen, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that game, by the way. That's that is a really good game. Oh yeah, for sure. And so you uh, you'd made that decision. So what I hear, you started as an investor, you ended up falling backwards into kind of it sounds like the uh, the real being a realtor going through that classes, courses, your sphere of influence, your your connections that you already had, got you your first couple commission checks. And then like what what kind of escalated from there to get you from, you know, okay, this is real. I can make money at it. I've decided it's more important for me to make this happen than continue to be safe and secure at my job. How does it elevate to where you're at now? Well, I did start buying properties. Um, okay. You know, I guess I don't need to get into all the details of quitting the job and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's probably other podcasts for that. I'm happy to talk about anything you want to, but I did start buying properties. Um, you know, the first house I bought, I was still in college. And so, because um, I got my master's, it took me a little longer. So I had some friends who moved into the house and were living there in St. Louis while I was still living in Columbia. And, um, back in those days you could you could get a loan so the first like investment property i bought was a house in arnold i still have it today um but i bought the house with no money down i negotiated like twelve thousand dollar inspection contingency you know credit or whatever and something else i forget what it was but so the day of closing it's like you show up uh no money down Someone get, you know, you get the keys, you sign some stuff, you get the keys, and I got $12,000. It's like, this is weird. This, this, this is cool, you know? Why wouldn't we keep doing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so my plan at that time was to buy, like, what I would call single-family houses that I would basically be willing to live in, you know? And everyone, every investor, what I've learned over the years, has kind of a, a formula that they go by or something that they how they decide if they're going to buy a property or not, usually depending on what podcast they've been listening to or, you know, what their mentor does or whatever, you know, but yeah. Um, 
something that happened to me was, so my plan was to buy these like $150,000 houses and rent them out. But something that happened to me was I had a listing appointment to go to list this uh, four family building in South City. And while I'm walking through it, you know, she says, uh, we want about 60,000. I'm going, okay. And we're walking through and I'm looking and she's like, yeah, each unit rents for about 500. And I'm like, okay. And I pull out Carl's mortgage calculator on my phone. That's a little app I use. And I'm going, one unit pays would pay the whole mortgage. This is interesting. You know, yeah. of course I didn't have the guts to buy a property like that on my own. So I called a friend. We both split the like, was it 10,000 down or maybe we both brought 10. I don't remember the exact details, but um, we both, we bought, the, we bought this four family building and the numbers were really good on it actually to where it ended up hurting me uh, for about two years because for two years, I would compare every deal to that one. And then, uh, oh, this is a potential property to buy. It's not as good as that one. Don't do it. How about this one? Not as good as that one. Don't do it. And so literally for two years, I don't think I bought anything because I was just looking for that one. I didn't realize how crazy good of a deal that was. You know? Gotcha. Hit, trying yeah. to hit the home run every time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so finally, two years later, I realized what are you doing? This is not, you're just not going to find this every time. You know, I wasn't doing any of the wholesale stuff or off market targeting any, any of that kind of stuff, any of the cool stuff that you're into Josh at that time, I was just being a realtor, you know? And so I, that's all I was doing. And so I wasn't coming across these like crazy deals, you know? Yeah. But uh, since I realized Adam, they're not all going to be that good. I have gone and bought a lot more properties ever since then. Oh yeah, for sure. We were just talking about you're uh, you're actually gonna gonna sell some of them here shortly. Um, yeah, so you you've got this, you've gotten into it, you started buying investments. Um, you you bought that fourplex. Do you still have the fourplex down in yeah. uh, South City? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's awesome. That's one of the that's one of the areas I'm gonna get into soon. So maybe we'll talk in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so. You've got this, you started investing, you hit a home run with this fourplex, you kind of gauged everything off of that for two years and then you realized, okay, wait, I'm using the wrong measuring. And that's actually one of the things that was great um, to talk about the formulas that people use and kind of your mentor or, or a program or all of that. We talked about that at the, ma the mastermind I was at yesterday. Uh, there normally is a, um, there's normally a, like mathematical formula to show you that it's a good purchase on paper. But then normally investors have a gut instinct or something that tells them, like you you mentioned earlier, like, would I live in it? They also have something that will tell them, well, even though the numbers work, this isn't something I'm going to buy. Um, another investor that I worked for at one time, uh, their, their criteria was, if I can't get out of my car at night and walk around my car three times and feel safe, I don't wanna invest in that neighborhood. Everybody's got their thing, right? Do you have one of those that uh, that you use today? I mean, obviously you were comparing up against that fourplex and realized that wasn't the great a great way to go about it. But do you have anything like that that you use? Um, not exactly. I don't. I don't have a set thing. You know, okay. I'm not basing things on cap rate or necessarily that. You know, this like evaluation spreadsheet that I made has a scorecard with five or six different, or maybe six or seven different like measurables, you know, cap rate, cash and cash return. Um, gotcha. I have it right here. Um, I like to, the one that I like is uh, how many months until I get my down payment back. Nice. Um, 
growth yeah. strength multiplier, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then what I've tried to do is sort of diversify, you know? And so I have like really cheap houses and, uh, you know, in Jennings and stuff like that. And I have the bunch of like multifamilies in South city and I have some nicer houses and, uh, like Sunset Hills and, and, you know, on the Hill and whatever I'm buying, uh, we're closing soon on some, um, properties like duplexes in Troy. I'm actually talking today or I just made an offer today on, on a uh, storage unit type of place. So I'm really trying to diversify. And I realized that what I realized is that my spreadsheet that I have, you know, we have it, it's red if the numbers are bad and it's green mm -hmm. if the numbers are good yep. for each one of those like scorecard targets. Yep. And what I realized is my spreadsheet only likes Jennings houses, you know, or like not <laughs> I was gonna say, duplexes. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, I think I actually wholesaled you guys a house in Jennings at one point a couple years ago. Yeah, you yeah. probably did. You probably yeah, did. Yeah, you and, and uh, bought you a bunch from you guys. Yeah, you and um, Brian. So, um, yeah, so that's. Um, and I, we actually had a question from Yasin. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, he asked if you'd be able to sh share your spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, and I, I haven't done a share screen on here yet. Um, so I will have to figure that out. But yeah, if uh, after this, if you want to send that to me, like I'll post it or we, I can tag you in a post. We'll, we'll definitely get that out to you and appreciate you asking the question you've seen and keep, uh, keep watching and asking. We'll, uh, we'll get you taken care of. So, yeah. Can I just comment on that real quick? Yeah, for um, sure. I'm happy to share my spreadsheet. And one of the things that I'm working on, I need like the, you know, the type of person who understands like, oh, the IRR is this and the future value is that or whatever. I need more of like a financial type person to help me figure out how we can add in there. Like if we think the property is going to appreciate or something. And so to kind of consider that as as one of the like scorecard measurables, because like I say, otherwise it just wants me to buy like low end rental properties. But I'm like, Dude, the spreadsheet will never the spreadsheet will never allow me to buy like a Baldwin house, right? Gotcha. And I think that there sometimes makes sense to buy a Baldwin house. Yeah. And, but what's different? Well, it might appreciate or or something like that, right? Um, yeah. So I'd like to figure out how to make my spreadsheet tell me, hey, Adam, it's cool to buy this Baldwin house. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and that was that was um, I'm talking to uh, potential partners now. And it's one of those, it's like, we want this many cash flowing that are under a hundred grand, this many for like cash flow and equity. And then it, it's the same thing you're talking about being able to um, intelligently and properly evaluate all properties instead of just pigeonholing yourself into the, you know, the cash flow ones that are worth 20 grand and you can, you know, make 800 bucks a month on them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I will actually mark that down because I know I've got some contacts. And now that you put it out there to the universe and the world and, you know, Facebook and the podcast, I'm sure someone will pop out of the woodwork to help you out with that. So, yeah, we'll get that taken care of for sure. So the other reason that I wanted to bring you on this podcast and and how like I launched this consulting company on top of, you know, being an investor, because over the years I've helped number of people in their business. But what I'm really seeing is there are so many different programs. There's so many different courses. There's so many different ways to make money in real estate. And yours is one of those that is very unique. And now hearing more of your story, because I've known you for a while, but didn't really get into your back backstory. Um, it, your path has been unique as well. And so you started as an investor, you got your, uh, and we'll, we'll just uh, put up there that you are the man 
which that's my cousin. So you know, cousin. Like an endorsement there. But. Adam, you didn't have to tell anybody that. <laughs> Nobody would have known. But thank you, Adam. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for watching and and being on and uh, giving him some love. So. Um, but your path, so you, you started investing, you started having this, you were an agent. So like, what made you decide to start building Herman London? By the way, I always that meant to ask you. And last time I saw you, um, and you seen said, I love it. This gets ex him excited. So yeah, man, how did you decide to start building Herman London into what it is today? If you started as an investor and as a realtor, like, was there a, a turning point? Was it something that organically just started gaining momentum? Can you go into that for a little bit? Yeah. And, and that I'm willing to share that, you know, that's, that is definitely like a different story. And it's a little bit, I guess, more personal, but I, I'm, I'm willing to share it. The, I was working as a realtor at another basically startup at the time, uh, real estate company, you know, yeah. and I was, um, I was like the, the buyer's team lead or whatever. I was kind of like learning that, that place. I learned so much there. I learned, you know, how to be a realtor. I learned how to manage people. I learned, I learned how to build systems and stuff like that. You know, we used to do the, um, the signs on our listings that was like for, recorded information call this 1-800 number you know yep and that that worked so well we would get like hundreds of leads a month that we had to call and try to follow up with and i had to build scripts and i learned a lot there you know but but uh, my final lesson there i guess is that after i was there two years i went into the owner and i was like all right been here two years so uh can i can i get some of that ownership can you just like can i have some of that like i don't know <laughs> How about a third or something like that? A third ownership? Would that be cool? Yeah. And he was like, no, no. You'd have to yeah. like, A, we're not offering ownership. B, you'd have to buy in, but we're not even really offering that right now. And so I was, I, you know, I, I think it ended up working out for me, but I didn't know any better. And I was insulted by that. I thought I deserved him to just hand me ownership or whatever. And, and so my story of leaving that company was kind of like, a, well, screw you then. I'm going to go start my own thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I have naturally been an entrepreneur my whole life, so I was kind of like suited to have my own company, probably more than I was suited to to working there, um, working at, at that company. But uh, so I started that's so I started Herman London, you know, and Herman, Missouri is like the long story short. Everyone always asks, but long story short, short Herman, Missouri is where my dad is from and New London, Missouri is where my mom is from. So I wanted something kind of personal but yeah. not Adam Cruz and associates. I yeah. wanted something that sort of tied to me, but not like upstream realty, you know? Yeah. And uh, one day I was on the phone with my dad and he's like, I'm from Herman I'm like, how about Herman London? And I was like, gotta go dad. I hung up on him and like drove to the closest Starbucks for internet and like filed the LLC that day. Um, but since then, the, our whole, my whole thing with Herman London has been, I'm like, really passionate about it. You know, I work a lot on it. I spent a ton of time on it. We, we've, we've been around almost 13 years now. May will be 13 years. Uh, but what it's, what found our success, I guess, or what's helped us find success is it's all about having great people. Yep. And so I, you know, I'm not necessarily that like specific goal oriented, like, Oh, I want to sell 10 million in a year or whatever. Um, I just like growth and I like growing things. Right. And so, yeah. What I've done over the years is as I find good people that are willing to work with me, then we sort of build things around them. You know, yeah. like the best example of that is we had 
a guy, well, there's two good examples. One guy that really wanted to do commercial. Well, we didn't do shit with commercial stuff. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on here. You're fine. Go for it. We didn't do anything with commercial at that time, but it's like I got the right guy, so let's build commercial around him. And then the same type of thing happened with property management, right? One of my best friends was managing a hotel. He was miserable. I was self-managing the properties that I owned. And so we're like, dude, you should get into, uh, you should do property management for us. Here's a book, Property Management for Dummies. Yep. Right? And somehow I was able to convince him to quit his job and get his real estate license and do property management with us. He's still with us today. And we have like a booming property management department, you know? Yeah. So it's all been more about getting the right people and then growing something around that. And you mentioned Brian earlier, right? Yeah. I never had an interest in opening a second property management company. But then I met Brian Claridge, who's this like amazing guy. If you've ever talked to him, he'd be a really good person to interview too. Yep. And he wanted to open another property management company. So I'm like, no, 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 no. And then it was like, well, if we did, then we can buy these Jennings houses that you've sort of always wanted to buy, but didn't really trust the other management companies. And it's like, all right, let's do it. Yep. And so it's all been about like coming across the right people. Yeah. And definitely like you and you and Brian were, are like just being around you, your energy, like Claridge is uh, hilarious every time I'm around him and like yeah. just an amazing guy all around. Yeah. And I actually was thinking about him. I, we've wholesaled him and you and, um, but yeah, I was thinking about him as we were getting ready for this. I'm like, I haven't talked to Brian in a while. I need to talk to him about the podcast as well. So yeah. And, um, I actually just uh, connected and I'm, I didn't even realize he was part of your brokerage. I, he was one of the guys in St. Louis that I was looking to connect with um, regardless to kind of talk about just because of his age, but Connor. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're in your brokerage. Like I, I told him straight up yesterday, I talked to him for the first time, like more than like two seconds. And I said, dude, you're, you're like, I started 15 years ago and I had, didn't even like sniff the amount of success that you're having. Like he, that dude is on a tear and it's, you know, he loves you and that's just it. It's, you know, if you're, you're focusing on the people and you bring the right people in and just support them to have them be success, like they shout to the high heavens for you. And that's, that's what I've seen. Like everyone that comes into contact with you is all about like, yeah, dude's amazing. And, you know, your cousin's even putting it out here. So, <laughs> yeah, well, Connor is, Connor's a great example, man. So yeah. with, with Connor joining our company, I was like, this guy has a lot to teach me, you know, and I've learned a lot from Connor and he sort of pushes me to, to like learn new things. And we're Connor and I now are all about like, how are we going to automate our systems? And, you know, we'll be up late at night on zoom calls, like looking through softwares and figuring out how we can automate things. And, yeah. uh, that guy is great. You know, he really yeah. is great and he's very humble. So he might not be willing to tell you that he's great, but he is, he's doing, he's doing cool things. I'm glad to have him. Yeah. And that, that kind of touches on the point, uh, a great point in entrepreneurship. If you can surround yourself with people that are amazing, have amazing energy, and then push you in a way that you want to be pushed as opposed to feeling like you're being forced it's mm -hmm. synergistic. It's like, okay, I'm going to make myself better so that he can be better because, you know, we just work together to make each other better. It, it's really, it starts flowing and then, you know, the sky's the limit. So yeah, man, I, again, just the people, the people aspect. And that's one of the big things that I took from our interactions with um, anytime I've had with you and just talking about your business is like, it's people. How do we build to have people have success? So 
Um, is there anything else uh, on your journey? I know you, it was kind of personal, um, building Herman London, by the way, like, and Herman London, I love it. Cause I've always been like, that is really like, it's slick and it sounds good. And it's kind of like Berkshire Hathaway and, but it's not. And it's, it's, it was just smooth. It, and so yeah, people think it's like a franchise and stuff, which, you know, coming from an accounting background, I wanted something that seemed corporate and professional. And yeah, that's how I knew when I heard it, I was like, that's it. Gotta go, dad. <laughs> yeah. When you know, you know, right. So, um, yeah. And so is there anything as far as like you started your own brokerage, you got the LLC and then are you, do you actively um, recruit agents? Is it something that just organically happens and like the referrals or like, do you see talent? Like, is there a specific way you build since you're, you're geared towards the people? And it's, it almost feels kind of like a family type environment. Is it something that you actively do or how do you work that? Um, it's, it's, you know, Will, I don't know what to say. It's been crazy, man. You know, I've, I believe in, and there's a book called Fail Forward. And like, yep. I believe in that. I'm just like, try it, fail, try it, fail, try it, fail. And like, the harder I work, the luckier I get, you know, kind of thing. And okay. so over the years, yes, I've tried to recruit. Yes, I've tried to do all that kind of stuff. Yes, I've, you know, called agents and mailed the postcards and done the email campaigns and all that kind of stuff. Um, what I've found in the last few years is um, I hate it when someone like recruits an agent away from us. It, it hurts. It really yeah. hurts. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> First Dude. cry on your podcast. Oh, um, you won't be the but, last one though. I'll guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I found is I don't want to do that. First of all, I don't want to like steal people, you know, from other companies Yep. Uh, like on the offense, I don't want to offensive or offensively or whatever, go after people from other companies. Yeah. So what, yeah. what I do is um, I like to say we focus on retention, not on recruiting. And I think that it would be weird to, to work at one of these companies that's so focused on recruiting. Right. And they're like, Oh, Josh, it's going to be great. We're going to do so much stuff. It's going to be awesome. And then you join the company and you're like, sit over there. Cool. I'm on to the next one. Right. And they keep trying to bring them in. I'm like, but, but what, but what about me? You know, that's how I, that's how I would think that it would feel. And so, like, uh, like I say, I like to try to focus on retention and helping the agents that we have find success, helping them grow, helping them be happy, making sure that they feel like they're part of our Herman London family. And uh, everyone's definition of success is different and what they want is different. And that's part of what keeps my day interesting. But so what I found is that by helping the agents that we have be happy, they do the recruiting. Right. And so the last however many agents that we've had join us are like, hey, I'm friends with David Stewart and he told me to call you, you know, or whatever. And so most of the agents that we get now are people that either just randomly kind of found us online and interviewed me and a bunch of other people or they were uh, sort of like recruited in from other um, agents in our office. And and so to be clear, we, we always do want more you know, of the right type of people to join our company. Yep. But no, that's just not, that's not something that I've like been focusing on at all in the last few years. Yeah. And that, that's perfect example. Like there are companies that go out there and, and hammer on like, Hey, we'll, we'll give you good cuts, like whatever it takes to get in the door. And some of them, some of them retain and some of them are, once they get in, it's, it's what it is. And then, you know, like you said, others, it's like, all right, we got you in the turnstile we're on to the next one. And so, no, man, I, I totally get the, and I love that phrase, retention over recruiting. 
that's awesome because that that was one of the things that especially as an entrepreneur and and in a journey is like how do you keep good people like especially people that are driven and want to grow like you have to grow as well so no man i love i love that phrase i'm gonna i'm not gonna steal it but i am gonna like shape it and use it as well. i don't think I, I didn't necessarily come up with that but no and i've made my mistakes over the years you know like i said fail forward um there's been a lot of agents that have worked at our company that don't work there anymore yeah and work somewhere else and they might not like me or something like that i, I don't know but um, yeah. I just, all I can say is I do try to do my best and, you know, not everyone's a fit for every company. Right. And so that's yep. to be, yep. just to be fair, do your best, keep trying to get better. And, you know, just know, uh, know it's, know it's a journey, right? Um, real quick. So I got some questions. We're about a half hour. We got probably about 10, 15 more minutes. Um, and I'm just going to start peppering your questions. You good? Sure. Yeah. I got plenty of time. Okay. Um, what, let's see, do you have any habits in your daily life that are non-negotiable or, or around the business that like it's, hey, every day or once a week or like once a month, self-care or like going to the gym or anything like that? Do you have any habits in your life as an entrepreneur that you make sure you have you hit every day? Um, I can't think of anything in particular. I was going to make a joke about, of course, I go to the gym every morning. Can't you tell? But um, I think that I guess that I guess I don't specifically. I mean, every day I'm I have, a. I guess. Let me let me share a couple things. I know my personality type. Um, I'm very ADD. Right. And so a couple like little quick uh, things that I do for my own success is I have some systems. If you ever, if I ever tell you that I'm going to do something, I will email myself that thing that I'm going to do. If I said, yeah, Josh, I'll send you that spreadsheet after this, there's a 0% chance that I'm going to remember to send you that spreadsheet unless either you email me and ask for it, or if I was to email myself and remind myself. That is, um, that is a great point of knowing yourself and how you operate well enough to put things in place to make sure you don't lose like things yeah. that you, you, to, so you can honor your word. Love that. And the Love same that. thing with my calendar, right? So like I live and die by my calendar. I didn't just say, yeah, I've got plenty of time not knowing that I, I have a four o'clock appointment today. I know that I, oh, yeah. and I looked at that and said that before I said that I had plenty of time. So yeah. No, and that that's an amazing point too. The 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 more you start gaining momentum, the more you start really like living in and leaning in. Like the calendar for me, I used to just wing it and go by the memory and like would manually enter it. And now it's like, nope, calendar link, scheduling, emails, like like you said, if and especially now that our kid I how old are how old are your kids? I've got a two year old and a uh, to be eight, eight and a half months old, I guess, or in the, right. in the belly. There's one yeah. in the belly. My, apolo my apologies. I thought you had a, had a second one already, but yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just it. As they start getting older, like they start having activities you have to like incorporate into a calendar as well. So like, and it gets crazy where not just your business, but I don't know if it works for you guys as well, but like me and my wife, like if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. for so, sure. Yeah, sure. definitely, definitely put those things in place to make sure you're uh, you're taking care of stuff. Um, what would you say is your? I call it the superpower, but like, 
and we kind of talked about it with like the people and, but is there anything specifically outside of just relationship building that you feel you're really good at in your, in entrepreneurship and the journey and you like, you make sure you hammer on it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know, man. That's a, what is my superpower? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically we're all superheroes at some level. Well, I just read a book recently called Rocket Fuel, which has had this major impact on my life. And so then they have a little quiz, but you knew it before you took the quiz if you read the book. But I'm a, I'm what they call a visionary. Yep. And so uh, what that book calls is a visionary. Yep. And so I am, I am pretty good at like thinking of ideas and like kind of building, you know, at least building systems and structures around them. Yep. Um, my like super weakness is having consistency. And being the guy who every Tuesday will send a certain email or whatever, that's that's not me. But I do I do love um, kind of bringing ideas together and making things happen. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a great book. Um, you said Rocket Fuel. The, the, it's based off of Traction, which is that mm -hmm. original one. Rocket Fuel is the relationship between the visionary and the integrator in the business. Yeah. And all visionaries need an integrator, just FYI. Yeah. So. And so we don't have one yet you know i've been using uh my office manager jerry is like the most amazing person in the world and she kind of acted as my integrator for a while but now jerry's stacks of things that i wanted to do are so big yeah um, i'm looking into hiring an integrator gotcha okay yeah and just making sure that they uh they work in complementary with each other and they can take the vision from the visionary down to the people the way it needs to be and they're kind of they end up being the one that's the, uh, as they call it, the hammer or the whip. And they've got to be able to do that in a way that uh, is endearing, as they say. So yeah, man, that's a great book. I love that book and that whole EOS series. So um, other questions, what has been the most surprising for you on this journey as far as like something that you thought was going to be difficult, but ended up being really easy or something that you thought was going to be like super easy and making this happen. And it ended up flop, not flopping, but like, you were like, Oh man, this is way more difficult than I anticipated. Did you ever have those where you're like going to, going to burn the world down? Cause it's so easy. And I got this. And then you get into it and it's like, Oh damn. <laughs> I know. And you sent me that question ahead of time. And I was like, man, I don't know what I, what kind of good answers I have for that. You know, uh, because I don't get podcast, man. <laughs> like if something doesn't work, I don't necessarily get that beat up about it. You know, like right. this whole fail forward concept. I'm totally cool with failing. I'm totally cool with it, man. You know, and that is a superpower. That is a muscle that you have to you have to build. Being okay with failing, because yeah, I mean, it it helps me. Like like uh, actually, when COVID came out, I was trying to our our whole company is pretty much like referral based. The real the realtor side is pretty much referral based. You know, yeah, people get referrals. Yep. But when COVID came out, I was like, we got to find another way. And so I started going on Facebook Live just for our company account and making cold calls. And um, yeah. and the damn thing works. It's working really well, you know. But yeah. my agents, when I'm talking to my agents about it, they're like, I don't know how you do that, man. Because I do. Like if somebody says no or they're rude or something like that, it just I, I don't, it doesn't really bother me. You know, I not, not that I want to ruin this person's day or anything like that, but. I don't get a no and get all red faced and stand up and walk around or whatever, but yeah. Oh man. What is my superpower? I don't know. All right. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> we'll, we'll just fail forward and move through it. No, but the, the, 
the being able to handle like perceived failure or like not allowing that to impact you like that that is a great a great as far as entrepreneurship goes that's that mindset piece is is has been severely underrated until we started like a couple years ago as far as a human nature and entrepreneurship starting to realize like your belief system dictates a whole lot more than you anticipated that hustle and grind works but only if your mindset's right your your mental uh -huh. your mental resilience right so that that helps me answer the i think you asked like what have i learned is really hard for me or something yeah. like that um i am horrendous at holding people accountable mm. right i want someone to like run along with me <laughs> let's get this done let's do stuff um yep. but if someone's just like at home like watching tv like it's not going to be me calling them saying you need to get out of bed and make this happen and like there's deals to be done you know like i don't yeah. i do not hold people accountable very well at all it's not it's not meant for me uh i don't even know how to i don't know how to like do it i guess that's and i don't necessarily want to focus my time on learning on how to be better at it either yep and that's uh, just it and visionaries depending on how how far on that scale you are visionaries it's not one of their great suits because like you said they're all looking hey we've got this big dream everybody run together towards it and some people like that mindset's just not there yet and and they it can get there but yeah, it, it's not something a visionary is normally like. It's one of those like, well, if you're not interested, I'm just going to keep going because that's what we. That's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> but I'll never forget. I used to have a weekly one-on-ones with this agent uh, that was at our company at the time, and she had like this stuff that she was supposed to do every week, and then every week we're supposed to meet and say, "Did you do them?" and whatever. And it would be like she's like, "No, I didn't do it," and I'm kind of like. Man, should I do it for you? I could like, and not in a snarky, like convince her to do it passive aggressively way. It was more yeah. like, I'm willing to do that for you. Let's I'll just do it. And it's like, yeah. that is not holding her accountable. That is not helping to train her. That is not helping to coach her. That is not doing anything for them at all. So nope. adding more work to my plate. It's actually called enabling Adam. Is what enabling. That is. Yes. Yes. And you know what? Every week it's like, no, I didn't do my stuff. And I'm like, that's cool. And, and that's like, not, what you're supposed to do if you need someone to hold no if you want to be holding people accountable yeah and that's that's a uh, that's what they call a blind spot for like visionaries and especially visionaries that are people oriented like um they call them relators yeah that that holding people accountable that is going to be your integrator like bar none if yeah if, if it's yeah. even something you want to start incorporating yeah so but yeah man for sure i get that i felt that <laughs> so yeah Full honesty, a couple of years ago, I was that dude that was probably sitting on the couch being like, man, I just can't get myself out of bed today. <laughs> so yeah, it's my boss's fault that I'm not successful. Like, I'm going to watch Oprah and no one's getting mad at me. So I'm just going to keep watching. Like, she, not she, paid makes, either. <laughs> she, yeah. she makes great points, man. Yeah, so and, much drama stuff in my laundry. Like, oh, go do something. Don't don't worry about those houses. We'll take care of them. Uh -huh. uh, all right, man. So last question. We're right at we're right at about forty minutes. I I greatly appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, and going through. And like, hopefully, you know, you got something out of this. I know, like, I had fun. I know it sounds like you had some fun. The last piece, the last question. I would say, what would be your golden nugget to give anybody that is getting ready to or is going through that entrepreneurial ship journey? And just like, hey, if I could impart one thing or even like if it's you back, you know, 15 years, 
what did you say? Oh, four, like, yeah, 15 years ago, even though you probably wouldn't listen to it at the time, what piece of uh, advice would you give? Uh, I, I, I guess I'll stick with my fail forward thing. You know, um, yeah. I, I do encourage people to meet with and talk to as many people as they can. Um, you know, listen to or read or whatever, as many books as you can. And, um, just keep, keep trying, I suppose. I mean, that's, yeah. That's so what I heard was don't give up, be intentional with what you're putting in your, uh, your head, like reading and all that stuff. Yeah. And don't be afraid to fail. Really, really don't be afraid to fail. And I don't know how someone can go, Oh, he said, don't be afraid to fail. Okay. I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> right. And that was, that was going to be my follow-up question. Um, are there things, have you ever had, I mean, I know now it's kind of like a secondary muscle. It becomes that unconscious competence where it's like, oh, this other people could be seen as like, that's a failure, but it, you know, I just brush it off and we'll move forward. Is there anything that you used to like feel as failure and like you mental shifted or is it just kind of like, you got to go through it. You got to get that resilience built up by just feeling the failure and knowing it's not going to end and just keep going forward. Uh, the thing that is still really hard for me, and it's when like an agent leaves our company, um, I still take it like ridiculously personally. Um, like you personally and it, huh? Like you personally failed them, or no? Like it? Like okay. I'm? I just I don't I don't I don't know what to say. Like it? It really bothers me. It like depresses me. It like. If an agent texts me, because, you know, if you want to meet with somebody, you say, oh, can we meet about, I got a question for you about this or that or whatever, you know, and if someone texts me and they're like, will you be in the office tomorrow? It's like, oh, God, I can't you do this. We're so many great years together, you know. It's like, fucking ruins my day. Like, I want to puke, you know. Oh, yeah. And then we meet and they're like, how do you fill out this form? <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, you just do this, you know. Um, but that that is that's still like the hardest thing for me in general, I guess, but I don't well, know. I, yeah. I, and I appreciate you getting into that, man. I know you, it, it obviously, I mean, you can see it and feel it like it impacts you. And, and that's, that's just the, that's the core of being a people person and like feeling like you're building something of significance by helping other people. It's, you know um, yeah, man. So I get that. I feel that I, I, and I've been through it myself. Like I've, I've trained people and, worked with people and yeah and when you when they do decide to either cut you out or leave it, it's like that those feelings of abandonment and all that like at least for me i don't know if that's what you feel but yeah i appreciate well, can i can i say that as a guy who has I, me personally i have read a lot of the books and gone to a lot of the seminars and stuff like that i can tell just from talking to you that you uh also have read the books and gone to the seminars and stuff i can't tell you how surprised I am that you've heard of EOS, heard of Traction, read Rocket Fuel. That's crazy impressive to me, by the way. And then you also said uh, unconscious competence earlier, which is like this whole other thing that obviously you're super familiar with. That's yeah. amazing. So I think you are working with clients and stuff now. I, I'm confident that they're in good hands if they're working uh, with, with someone like you who has like that kind of knowledge set, you know? And so... Um, one of the things that I, I've done over the years, like I sort of mentioned, is, uh, you know, talking to people and stuff like that, but definitely taking on mentors and anything like that in any any 
place that I can. So okay. I'm, I'm impressed. Josh is all I can say. I'm, I was impressed by the things you were saying. Oh, well, wasn't expecting that, but man, I appreciate that for sure. So I, I thank you. Yeah. And well, and also, by the way, why the hell didn't you tell me about rocket fuel? I don't know when you read it, but I just heard about it like a month ago and it's changing my life. So I wish I would have heard about it three years ago. You know? Well, Hey man, after we hop off this podcast, let's connect and you know, we'll talk and we'll, uh, we'll see how we can help each other out. Okay. Cool. Simple cool. enough, right? Yeah. That sounds great. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, I appreciate it. Um, it sounds like I'll be shooting you a text as soon as I hop off here. Um, but yeah, man. And again, I appreciate it greatly. I, I appreciate you. I know when I originally called, I think I caught you in the middle of something or you were in between meetings and it was a whole whole slew of rant of what was going to happen. But I appreciate you coming on. You killed it like always. And you're you're an amazing and, and gracious, uh, gracious guest. And so thank you very much. And um, yeah, man. I'll be in touch, obviously. And um, if anybody has any questions or needs anything, um, interested in being a realtor, um, definitely, definitely talk to Adam. Like I've sent him people and you know, like he's always done right. So um, sold him deals like he's just a great guy. So, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Is there anything, anything you want to say besides before we sign off or just, uh, you know, give a wave and be good or what you got? Give a wave and be good. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And thank you, thank you for your shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you, everybody. Have a good rest Thanks, of your day. Sir. Bye. Take care. Bye bye.